My guest today is Holly Tucker, one of the most trusted, inspiring and familiar names in UK business. I would wager that you've taken potentially one of the biggest, if not the biggest risk of your, I was going to say career, but would I be, would it be better to say life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. Uh, last week, something happened to me, which I had promised my husband would never happen again. What's missing and what can I make money from? Yeah, I think it's quite a masculine way of looking at it. Probably heard this before. This is silly. I'm not very good at this. I don't know when I'm going to start this. I've been thinking about this for years. All of these things are said. How do you ask for help? Yeah, I mean, I, well, number one, I, I think we, another thing I've done sort of between 40 and 46 is I've sort of cleared the cupboards out. You know, I've, I've got rid of drains in my life and I've kept raising. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. My guest today is Holly Tucker, one of the most trusted, inspiring and familiar names in UK business. She co-founded the e-tail behemoth, not on the high street.com, is UK ambassador to small creative businesses and has generated £1 billion for the economy. She is a force to be reckoned with. Holly is a highly respected entrepreneur, and not least because she has dedicated her career and platforms to championing small businesses. She received an MBE for services to small businesses and enterprise in June 2012 as part of Her Majesty the Queen's birthday honours list. Rather than business as a stuffy space with spreadsheets here and flowcharts there, Holly's brand of entrepreneurship is all about creativity. She has topped both the Amazon and Sunday Times bestseller charts with her books that have helped steer hundreds of thousands of business owners and help them find the skills and mindset to steer their businesses to success. She founded the immersive brand Holly & Co to help small businesses through the highs and lows of their business journeys and is striving to redefine what it means to be a small business. She is also encouraging more women and young people to start their own businesses. She also says something very exciting that's been up her sleeve that we can talk about in this episode. And I feel extra specially excited about welcoming her to the podcast because of this. So without any further ado, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Emma Gunn Show, Holly Tucker, or should I say, Hurricane Holly? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe now 
46. Am I really a hurricane? I think the team would say so, but maybe I'm just like a, a strong storm, you know, a strong... <laughs> a, a, a strong storm at this stage. <laughs> a very, very strong breeze, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so we were just talking and I said, no, we're going to have to have this on tape because I'm curious about this because listeners, you know, I love to escape into nothingness with reality TV. And I was inviting Holly to come around for pizza and pajamas and watch some. And I was like, are you into it? And she said, no, no, I'm into something else. What's your, what's yeah, your thing? No, my, 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 my switch off is more of the serial killer type Netflix stuff. Right. So um, I'm just watching Mindhunter for the second time. It's two seasons and I'm doing it second time. And it's literally a little bit like a lullaby for me. I just find myself being just engrossed in anything like that. Um, And it's sort of like a, a very calming state just to watch sort of, yes, murder thrillers. I, I also there's another thing I like and I don't know. It's 90s. It's very specific. It's. Um, you know the things like um, Bone Collector or Seven or oh, yes. um, it, Morgan Freeman time, you know, and it was that sort of time where you, all the actors today that we see all looking slightly alien face at the awards, um, it's when they were all very youthful just coming into their prime as actors. And I love that stage. It's like late 80s, early 90s, murder thrillers that for me is that is it I'm done that is my happy place it's funny you say that because I was thinking about this at the weekend as I was searching for something to watch and I was thinking how there is nothing that builds in the same way film the way that we films are made and the way stories are told evolve so rapidly over time and it's so varied now you just don't get if you watch seven seven is actually really quite slow it would never get through scripts now absolutely i mean it's slow but don't you also feel that some of the things that were made i almost i I don't know if it would pass the tests now i think some stuff is pretty gory and it goes there far more than maybe it would be able to today so i think that there is that slowness slowness but you know my son who's 18 who watched seven um thought it was absolutely disgusting and really really dark i was like get over it like i've watched it a hundred times this is what you made of my (laughs) we're gen x aren't we as 45 year old women are you 40 we are you're 46 46 46 this year yes so um, I I just think it's a Gen X thing. I think, I think we all watch TV. We all watch films that we shouldn't have watched when we were way too young. I watched Robocop when I was about nine or 10. And if you actually go back and watch, that's grim. The way that, um, the, the way that Robocop ends up Robocop is really, ugh. Absolutely. My first sneaking into the cinema was Cape Fear. Oh, really? Right? And I was, I think I was 12. And it was like 12. And I think you had to be 15 or something. Cape Fear, if you look, it is still one of the scariest things I think I could, it's just unbelievable. So again, I just think there's there's nothing like that era, really. Mm. Um, So I think we're made of tough stuff because of it. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Well, I'm glad that I asked you about that. And I also have some great podcast recommendations if you like a true crime podcast, because my friends Hannah and Saruti, they, they make a podcast called Red Handed and they are fantastic. Oh my goodness, I've got to get into it. I love it. I haven't done the podcast thing yet. Well, obviously I have my own podcast, but you yeah. know, the podcast listening to, um, I've heard about this. People are 
absolutely fixated into true crime, aren't they? Yes. And theirs is really, really excellent. And they started in a cupboard under a stairs. They met at a party and now they are one of the biggest podcasts in the world. So a round of applause to Hannah and Sumiti. Round of applause to them. (laughs) Okay. So we, there's so much that I want to unpick with you, but I think normally I start by asking my guests to talk to me about their relationship with risk. And this seems like quite an interesting time to be asking you this question because I would wager that you've taken potentially one of the biggest, if not the biggest risk of your, I was going to say career, but would I be, would it be better to say life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. Uh, Last week, something happened to me, which I had promised my husband would never happen again. Um, And it is that um, I launched um, a new marketplace and you're the first person what you're the first podcast you actually yeah the first one of the first interviews that I've done about this but um it is a huge risk again I mean I would say the first risk was not in the high street back in 2006 and it's it's hard to remember back into those that time you know there was no um there was no social media we were the third marketplace in the world after Amazon and eBay um, and we were before Etsy and we were two women, Sophie and myself, and we launched into a world where no one even knew what a marketplace was. No one really understood selling online. Fast forward, and isn't this funny how the universe works? Nearly 20 years exactly, I have done it again. And I have launched um, the Holly & Co Marketplace. Think of it Think of it as the best small business department store you could ever visit online. And that's what we've launched. And I'm so proud, but I can't actually believe I've even saying it. It's been a dream for now a decade to do this. And everything had to align. And I had to take a huge amount of risk personally, professionally, if I'm honest with you, emotionally as mm-hmm. well, because this time around, you know, before I was just this naive 20 seven-year-old, 28-year-old with, with um, you know, no expectations, no understanding of anything really going into it be- beautifully naive. I think it, naivety is one of the best things that we can be given as business folk. Um, this time I I, I had, I, I know, <laughs> I know what can happen. And so um, it was actually one of the biggest risks was the emotional risk mm. of how people looking, judging, you know, I, I don't know, giving birth to this new business baby. Um, and um, but I'm 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 really happy I've done it. I, I'll never do anything like this again. This is it. You know, I'm going to do this now to, for the until I'm 90. I've, I've always said I'm going to retire when I'm 90. So this is it. This is my rest of my life. So I'm pretty I'm pretty thrilled. The thing that came to mind when I first knew that you were going to be doing Holly & Co Marketplace was what it must be like having enjoyed so much success and to have created a place and a brand and a business that is so recognizable. You could get on any train from London, stop anywhere, go to any high street and say, have you heard of not on the high street? And pretty much everyone's going to say, yes, of course I have. And then what happens with that is that you've got people like me who are like, Oh, Holly's really successful. Would you come on her po- my co- podcast and tell me about how successful she is? And so you get elevated by other people's perception of what you've done. And when you've enjoyed that for as long as you have, I guess that also means that, as you say, it's not just the naivety, it's that your starting point is completely different. Before, if you mm. failed, no one noticed. But now mm. if you fail, everyone would be like, she was a one at wonder. Yeah, I 
I, I totally agree. I actually, before this, never, um, you know, Holly & Co um, launched eight years ago and we've just launched the final piece to my jigsaw puzzle. Um, but actually, I, I never would have believed in serial entrepreneurs. You know, I slightly thought you only have one business in you I was I was a bit scathing about that because and then you know we'll talk about it at another point but life dealt me the blows that it dealt me mm. and I realized that I had unfinished business so in a way I am doing it again but it's actually just an extension of my passion in life you know on my gravestone will be that I believed in people's dreams and I happened to manifest myself to being able to help the I, I manifested platforms to allow women to build their dreams so actually it's the same umbrella it's the same mission I've just had different chapters different things but actually the mission is exactly the same and so but the perception of the outside world will be oh she's doing it again will it be you know as we're Ultimately, I just don't care anymore. I, I know what makes success. And success is when you are so passionate about something that you live it 24-7, seven days a week. There is no chance of this not working because mm -hmm. ultimately we're answering some truths. And it goes way beyond the marketplace and the fact we have amazing small businesses and you know tens and tens of thousands of products and all those sorts of great things. But the truth of Holly & Co is I'm trying to help women redefine how they live and how they work and how they shop. And actually, when you have that type of mission, that's sort of your North Star. And when there's so little, so little dedicated to women, especially over their 40s, mm. I, I, I can't see how it can fail because finally someone's concentrating on such powerful women so that's not being arrogant. That's more believing in the women that I'm trying to help. Mm. When you do any kind of research on you, you don't have to click on too many tabs on the internet before uh, it really digs into the fact that you are about championing small businesses, entrepreneurs, females in business, women, women in business. And I wonder when that became part of the mission, because, I mean, this is, again, this is one of the reasons why you got the MBE uh, 10 years ago, because yeah. that's that's your focus. And I wonder how that weaves into it, because I think the perception from the outside of an entrepreneur or somebody who starts a business is that you think about a white space that can be monetized. Boom. That's kind of the, and you build it from there. It's like, what's missing and what can I make money from? Yeah, I think it's quite a masculine way of looking at it. And, mm. you know, I always talked about this sort of um, gap in the market, you know, uh, uh, yuck. You know, I would never want to start a business based on the seed of a gap in the market. Uh, you know, the 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 what I was basically building, it started before not in the high street. I had a company called Your Local Fair where I put on events in town halls, leaky roofed town halls with trestle tables and um, would curate amazing small businesses to sell in them. And from there, I had my own small business there. And then from there, that obviously was a nightmare, but you know, it was a seed of an idea. And that then became the trestle tables on this thing called the internet, which then became this thing called Not on the High Street. And then not in the high street evolved and grew and became a, a great big business with all that that entails. And I'm sure we'll go 
some of these highs and lows of being a boss or a female entrepreneur. And then that evolved into understanding there was a higher need, a higher cause for Holly & Co, which was if you have a dream and you want to start a business, whatever stage, by the way, where do you go that you feel like you're coming home? Mm. A government website wasn't going to answer that. Um, there was no female podcast run by a successful female business leader. There, was, there wasn't a book that was colorful uh, and not gray talking about business, you know, all these sorts of things. And so there was a higher need. So each one almost flipped into the to the next um and sort of i think that that's one of the things of growing a business is that actually it can be an evolution and th that's what i feel holly and co is it's just an evolution of the of the golden thread of my life um and um yeah and it's 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 very 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 humbling um and i never thought that small businesses was going to be my life you know when i started your local fair i think i was 23 I just loved what they created. You know, I was a keen shopper and I understood the beauty and creativity. I'm a creative myself. Um, can't draw anything, but I can, I can, I love creativity. I live in it. Um, and then women came along because as we grew, not in the high street, I realized uh, it was open to everybody, but it ended up being 90, over 90% female um, small businesses and Holly and Co. and our co's, Holly and Co. So the small businesses are called co's. It's 93%, 95% females. Again, not by necessarily design. So actually, my whole world, the last 20 years, all I've been immersed in is women growing businesses. Mm. And then the juggle and what they go through. And for me, then I was like, right, I'm sticking with this group. They are literally sisterhood. It is just unbelievable. And they allowed me to come into it. And I feel very, very blessed. And so that's why that creativity and small businesses and women now have just literally become my world. And that's and that's what Holly & Co is. Mm. When I listen to you talk like that, I think of all of the ideas that you've helped make reality with the work that you do. And it just makes me think about all the ideas and all the people who might potentially be listening, who have an idea, might might even have written it down, might even have drawn a sketch, but don't know where to take it from there. Do you, what would your advice be to someone who's at that stage where they feel in their bones, they've got a really good idea, but they don't know how to say it out loud or put it down on paper? Yeah. Well, that's been my that's like my daily job that's, <laughs> that that's something I've been dealing with for 20 years so number one I get it um I would say on my 40th birthday 29,000 days sprung to mind um because what I didn't spring to mind I actually calculated it I love efficiency you know um I'm I'm, I'm a woman in a hurry I need to fit a lot of life into the 24 hours that we have each day. And so I wanted to work out how many days left I had on the planet when I was 40. And so I did a quick calculation. It was roughly 29,000 days. And I worked out something like I had 14,000 days um, left. And then when you work that out, it really sharpens your senses to the fact that every single day, and it's, and it's, and it's, yes, it's a Pinterest quote that we can look up and everything, but you don't get today back. And if we realize that, if we actually do live in gratitude, and that's something that's developed, you know, my younger self 
did not live in gratitude. Myself today, I, I almost make, I get sort of flummoxed because I live so much in gratitude. I try and make every single, even the arguments I have with my husband, I try and think, right, what have I learned from that, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he he wants to throttle me sometimes with this, but <laughs> is the fact that anyone listening with that idea, and then when you've had a couple of glasses of wine and you keep telling your friends about the same idea and you've been doing it for years, I would ask you, how long are you going to continue doing that? How long are you not going to live in the power of today? Mm. And how long are you going to deny yourself that true happiness? Because I do believe doing what you love and loving what you do. Why I believe in, by the way, championing business. I'm not some sort of like dragon's denny type woman here. I believe in happiness and controlling our happiness and living what I call a good life. So actually, I think one of the keys to living a good life, balancing family, um, um, looking after well-being as much as our ambition, um, being able to do all of these things comes from controlling our work-life balance, if there is such a thing. And that is actually then starting your own business. So that's why I'm so passionate about business. And so I would say to anyone thinking about it, you've just got to start Don't think of it like a business plan, printing your business cards, having your partner or your parents or your friends approve you. Today, right this this second on Emma's show, she just asked you that question almost in a way you could just start this second. Just go and do one step by the URL, write something down. That's the start of your business. And I think we make starting a business such a thing Whereas actually it's just one step in front of the other, one action, another action builds into um, what will become your company. Um, And so this is what I've done all for the last 22 years is try and help people find that passion in their lives and actually go for it and not deny themselves what I believe is a course to happiness. Mm, I love that. And I also, I have to ask, on your 40th birthday, was 40 um, confronting for you? Because I ha- I can't help but feel, as somebody who's also been through it, I didn't find 40 challenging. I think I found 45 worse. But um, it makes me wonder to sit there and think, how much time have I got left? Did you really feel this idea that you yeah, would have like taken Almost point? like purpose, purposefully, I've sort of not updated that number. <laughs> <laughs> I keep not updating the number. I'm like, oh, right, now I'm 46. I need to like <laughs> maybe update that number. I found 45 more challenging than 40. Yes. I found 40, I thought I needed to behave a certain way. Like you're meant to feel something. Yes. And 45, I found more challenging because you almost were like, if you had two gardens and you had a fence, I was jumping over the other side of the fence into the going over to 50. Yeah. One of the things that's really, and why actually I think, when you build your own businesses, you can merge your life and your um, viewpoints and your beliefs into what you're building. So Holly & Co is all about um, everybody and and I focus in on women and then I focus, focus in on women over 40, uh, consumers and small businesses, is because I have never been more sure of myself, happiest in my body, happiest in my mind than when I turned 46 Mm. and actually as much as I jumped into the garden of the other side and you know there's the 50 coming along isn't there I'm actually redefining now this 
point, this midlife, whatever it's called. Yeah. It's it's the moment where I can be born again. You know, there's so many things, changes that happen in your life. My son uh, last week went to university. Um, uh, two week, two weeks ago, he went to university, and so you know, wow. You know, I started not on high street when he was three months old, and I launched Holly and Co. And I just taken him to his halls. So that really gives you an idea that now I'm on to my next chapter of my life. And so many women, you know, we've been almost conditioned to think of this as a, a sort of a beginning of the end when actually it's truly the beginning of coming back to who you are. Mm. So it is actually exciting. I have got a similar, I don't have children, but I have quite a few friends who have got children who are exactly as your son has gone to university. So they're now, they have time on their hands that they hadn't had before. They don't have to, a responsibility living at home with them anymore. And every single one of them is saying, it's like the weirdest freeing thing. I've got the same amount of time that I used to have in my twenties, but I have way more freedom, no more than I knew then and have more disposable income. <laughs> and they're just like, so what should I should be doing something important? Well, there you go. This is, this is, this is, that's the, they are the women that I'm talking to because actually the hot, your whole life can start again. The way that you've decided all that wisdom, all the war scars of your life, you can take all of that. Now you're not, I would never want to be 20 again. I'd never, ever want to be 20 I I'm so happy I now know what I know so mm. now I can make really great decisions I can say no to things that I cannot stand I can say no to people that drain me I can um I understand my weaknesses and my strengths I'm I'm far I'm capable all of these sorts of things and I can I have time I'm better I'm further on in my career as you said maybe more disposable income different all these sorts of things wow what a powerhouse that is and there's and, and and yet, in a way, we've been conditioned to think it's potentially about the beginning of the end. What is this word retirement? We've got mm -hmm. menopause. It's all doom and gloom. We're going to have weight around our bellies, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what we could do as a collective of women is is phenomenal. It's true. I was I had this conversation on the podcast recently with someone about how I'm 45, been working in the beauty industry now for over 20 years. I've never felt more irrelevant and like a dinosaur. And it's so bizarre to me. And I'm having like, I'm kind of over it now. And I'm, I'm not looking at that too much. But it was annoying me because I thought, but I've never known, like, I know more now than I did then when I was taken seriously. Just yeah. because I'm a bit older and I'm not as cool and I don't have as many followers as cooler people. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Oh my God, I've not been, I've not had this situation. But um, it's, I think, what's really wonderful, particularly about my industry. And it sounds like the environment that you create. I have incredible friends around me who are of a similar age and we all build and bolster each other up. I think it just watch this space, honestly you know uh, we've launched this marketplace as I said to you um, we have 95% female 80% of the women who are selling and creating and making on Holly and Co are um, between 40 and 60 years old so that is a, a real statistic to be held on to now mm -hmm. that that is exactly what I'm talking about people who have decided to, and it's normally after their career, their career wasn't fulfilling, they decided they didn't want to go up the rungs of the ladder. You know, mm -hmm. that's the statistic that's sort of, you know, how many women in the boardroom, maybe some women don't want to be in the boardroom, but 
don't need to prove that they can get to the boardroom. Yeah. They, they, they have different life um, experiences, all these sorts of things. And this is that moment now. What are you going to do? Wow, you've got 14,000 days left. My God, that's a lifetime. Now, now what's the mark you're going to make on the world? And I cannot wait to see what it is. That's really what we should be channeling right now. Mm. And I hope Holly and Co is going to make those changes. Um, I can't do it single handedly, but in my world over the next couple of decades, um, I think that's going to be the change that we're going to see. Mm. Talk to me about your non-negotiables. I like this idea. I feel like this is probably something that also maybe did it appear around the same time as uh, you turned 40 and you were making counting. No, I wish it, I wish it had, Emma. I wish it had. No, 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 no. It took lockdown. It took lockdown. Ah. I think lockdown for me was the first time I, I remember. So lockdown happened. I'd never not been rushing to get to work ever, you know, sort of like, you know, I started work at 18. So I was an 18 year old on Baker Street in advertising. I, I got my A-level results the same day as I got my job. And I basically have worked forever. Lockdown was the first moment where uh so what do I do in the morning oh my god I have a dog and is that is that seasons okay seasons dog I'm gonna go for a walk I'm gonna do this thing in the morning and all this sort of stuff and slowly I sort of thought and for the first time ever I was able to with some capacity I think lots of people found it uh, um, I'm not talking about all the other hardships that people were going through. I'm just talking about for those that were on a hamster wheel, that stop, that break, it was like God put down his thumb, uh, finger onto a keyboard and pressed pause. And for all of us who've never been able to pause, I was able to prioritize myself. Mm. So I just started doing things like I go for an hour's walk every single day, every single day. I was able to not rush and try and grab something to eat. I made some good food for myself. And that just started this thing. And then a, a dear friend of mine who's a coach taught us about non-negotiables. And that was this thing, which is where you get your energy from, where you feel like you're being, you're caring for yourself. Women always, we have to-do lists that never end. And we are always at the bottom of every single to-do list, regardless. You know, especially if you have children, family, whatever, work, you deplete yourself on every level. And so this was this thing, which is, I knew I needed to do it in my other life. And when I was 40, I knew I needed to do this, by the way, Emma. But it took me until that point to then say, right, I now need it. If I want to work till I'm 90, if I don't believe in retirement, if I love Iris Apfel and I want to be her with her eccentric glasses and jewelry and, and her business and everything like that, I better learn this thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And I started learning non-negotiables. So now my non-negotiables are, they change each year, but it's revolving around bringing exercise continuously into my life, which I'm not that type of person. I was the one that was last picked on the netball team. Do you know what I mean? I, I would have a fag Same. behind, you know, I just was not doing sports. And it's taken me this long to realize it's nothing to do with dress size. It's all to do with strength and feeling powerful and energy. Um, I've learned um, the piano this year. So for instance, another thing is each year I try and learn something new. I try and continue my um, 
exercise and what that's bringing me. I also try new things like this year, I've learned breathing properly. So 80% of us don't breathe properly. And again, so I'm I'm trying to expand my mind and look after my body um, whilst having fun. You know, I'm a work hard, play hard type of girl, always have been. But that is now my non-negotiables. And it's amazing how many people don't know about non-negotiables. It's just that little bit of life you carve out that can't be taken from anyone else. People can't take it from you. And it has to be every day. I think it's it's very, very interesting the way you're describing lockdown, obviously terrible what everyone went through. But it, I think you're absolutely right in that for a lot of people, it made them realize how they've been sort of living with blinkers on. And those blinkers were blinkers of perceived responsibility. Well, I've got to get to work, yeah. so I haven't got time for this. I've got to work through lunch. And I think we were also being realistic about the Gen X thing, we were also that generation who, I mean, I got into the media by by making tea and by memorizing coffee orders. That's how I got, that's how I sort of worked my way in. Not because I had a great qualification or anything. I think that we were the ones that were like, if you have to stay up all night and work, if you have to show the boss that you will work weekends, you'll just do it. Whereas now, I don't think, oh. I, I, it does seem quite different. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I was a junior, junior tea girl at Publicity Advertising Agency. So I would be there to make the tea, like you said, in the mornings. But then because it was advertising after the 80s, I was the one who was nicking the wine from the conference kitchen because I had got chatted up the guy who had the key. So Mm. my bosses would just go, Holly, just go and grab a couple of bottles of wine. Because, of course, in those days, you would have wine at lunch, wine after work, you know, Fagash Lils, smoking away, answering the calls and everything like that. It was a, just a different world, but you'd mm. be there till two o'clock in the morning, up at seven o'clock in the morning. As you said, it was a different, it was a different time, wasn't it? <laughs> totally different. And I, I love that work ethic. I love the fact that it was like you gave it everything. You showed that you were yeah. you were really keen. I, I, it's again, along with the serial killer sort of stuff, it's it's made powerful women like us. Yes, but, yes, but, there's always a but with these things, isn't there? I I do wonder, I sometimes say when I have friends who own businesses who say that they can't believe that younger people don't have the work ethic that we used to have. I, I sometimes say, is it because we, 20 years later, are like, 
oh my God, that was actually really horrible. I I didn't enjoy my 20s because I was so busy trying to please my boss. And so have we actually instilled in them to say, no, I'm leaving at five? Like, what's going on? I know. I do think of that as well, Emma. <laughs> I do think of that. I do think, I, I just want to live in my little bubble. You know, that, that I, I do believe that working hard, um, I, I think nowadays when I look at my team, we have 30 at Holly & Co., you know, it's about the flexibility. Whereas before I just didn't think there was any flexibility so it was just absolutely everything and the younger you were like we were we were just worked weren't we whereas now actually I do think that there is this ability to have flexibility I think though that working hard I really hold that in high regard Mm. if you run your own business if I think about the co's on Holly and Co these are normally people with families huge responsibilities they're creating making holding everything down I've never, and I think it's why I've always been their champion or want to be their cheerleader if I can, is because I, like you, I really believe in that work ethic. And actually, I believe in what they're building for their lives and what they're going for. And they're putting their all in. And I think there's something about that that um, that's very, very rewarding. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think some of the stories you and I could share um, I don't think it would even be legal these days. Well, that's the thing. That, to be honest, that's what we're really getting to. When pizza that's night, really pajama, what pajama serial killer night, we'll talk about it. But actually, do you know, there's something that's cropped up there when I was thinking about vocabulary, because it's come up a few times on this podcast with, I was talking to Chris Voss, who's the FBI negotiator, and I was asking him about whether men's vocabulary is different in negotiation than women's, just naturally, whether there's yeah. a, not just approach, but vocabulary. And I wonder, because I've heard this a lot, I wonder if when you're speaking to the co's or someone comes to you with an idea, how many times they start with, it's probably silly, but, or I wonder if there's any minimizing vocabulary before they present their idea, even though their idea might be absolutely fantastic. Continuously for the last 20 years, you know, Holly and Co was created really, because as I said there wasn't a home for Mm. anyone who was wanting to live and work and create differently and think differently and actually what I wanted was imagine like mum standing at the door with some marmite on toast and a cup of tea with that extra sugar in the tea that's what I wanted them to feel like when they came to me Mm. you know because actually every time for the last 20 years any interaction I've had mostly with women and I'm talking just literally uh, 10,000, I don't know how many. It's the imposter syndrome speaks before they speak. Mm. It's always, always that someone doesn't believe in it. They don't believe in it. How could they do it? Uh, it's probably a stupid idea. They don't understand finance. They, 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 every single excuse possible. And then I, I get to, and, I, and it's one of the things I hope I can leave with people when I leave the world is that, I listened to them and I was able to sort of mine the diamond out of them. Like I was able to find that diamond in them and it was a bit rough and it was a bit dull. And ultimately my job was to find it and shine it. And that's almost what my businesses have done, not in the Mm. high street and now Holly and Co. It's that is exactly what has happened. And that is actually all those women's imposter syndromes have led to this very moment where Mm. I've launched what I've launched, I'm building what I'm building, and I'm going to do it forever, because that has to change, Emma. 
Mm. Because it's it, it, women are women have got the power uh, or the feminine, not just women, the feminine touch, femininity um, has the power to change industries, to save our high streets, to save our kids from obesity, not understanding entrepreneurism in, in education. And yet that's the only thing they're going to have to understand um, the environment, femininity. And that way of thinking about things, I think, is so, so important. And so it's what I'm so passionate about. But thank that is what I've only heard is imposter syndrome. And it, and it it's 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 really makes me sad, Emma. You know, it's 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 it limits women so much. Um, and, and someone's got to do something about it. Um, and maybe by building a business and that becoming a bit successful and you're starting to bring some money in and the kids watch you transform at home. And do you, do you can see how it starts to really seep into positivity, starts to seep into everybody's lives? Mm. There's almost like, um, I would love you, I, maybe it's a little bit too reductive, but almost like a a sort of checklist of things not to say before you present your business idea. I, <laughs> it's probably silly or like, um, yeah. it, it, oh, you're probably going to probably think this heard rubbish. this before, you know, yeah. probably heard this before. This is silly. I'm not very good at this. I don't know when I'm going to start this. I've been thinking about this for years. Mm. All of these things are said. Um, whereas I'm just looking for the diamond, you yeah. know, and that's when their eyes start to shimmer and they have this big beaming smile and you can feel their heart racing. And that's when they're alive. I call it, you know, Nemo, finding Nemo. They're in the Nemo stream. And you can literally see, you can feel the aura of people. And and, and that is something magical. And I, I get to spend my entire career either in it or finding it. Mm. What's the one that breaks your heart the most? You just mentioned there, uh, you just said, um, oh, I've been thinking about this for years. Is it, is it that? Is it the idea of time wasted? Yeah, because actually a lot of our co's when we've spoken to them and when coming on to the platform and we were working with them so closely, I mean, we've curated, so I've handpicked absolutely everybody. So we have over 500 small businesses um, and, you know, well over 50,000 products on the site is that I got to hear their lives. Can you imagine? So I'm talking to them because I absolutely love their ceramics and they're in Scotland, you know, and then I'm talking to somebody else in their sequin dress, you know, and they're in Cornwall and all this sort of stuff. Hearing people's lives and what they're going through from cancer to grief to domestic abuse, um, uh, men having affairs, um, children being sick, uh, husbands being made redundant, um, you name it. I, I, I heard the cross section of society and what women go through on a daily basis um, in different circumstances. And and to be honest with you, no wonder, no wonder we don't have our mojo every day we get up. You know, there's so much going on. There's so much you have to hold down to do this. So the ones that actually do, do, mm. <laughs> the ones that actually have created, I've just got such respect for them. And so it's going to be even helping them transform their language. You know, how is it becoming more than a retailer? How do we become a movement, a collective, a change? Um, so that's what I'm really, really excited about. It's just it's about taking those individuals and new individuals, hopefully. And how can we start to sort of collectively as a group, as a, as a community, shine each other's diamonds? I love this. I love that. I love the diamonds. And I love this idea of you being able to see it, maybe, maybe potentially before they do. 
and then yeah no mostly it is before yeah. they do yeah they they know it's true by the way when I say it there's a lot of tears and emotion you know because when you hit it they knew that that's always what they wanted to do but they just mm-hmm. don't know how to get there and that's where you just hold on to their hand and say it's okay we're going to do it but we just got to find it first and it's that moment of realization the light bulb moment that their life is more than what they're doing right now mm. can I ask you about asking for help and the reason I want to ask you about this because I think it's something that a lot of people particularly women find quite hard because they don't want to necessarily potentially show any vulnerability or weakness and I have I have been in a situation with my own business where I've asked for help and it has backfired terribly and has cost money and I it's just made me not ask for help anymore truthfully And so I'm wondering if someone's listening to this, they've got that idea, they think they might be a diamond that just needs a little bit of polish uh, to become a co. How do you ask for help? And what can you expect from somebody who you're asking help of? Like what's the realistic, what are your realistic expectations when you go to somebody and you're either looking for mentorship or advice when it comes to business? Yeah, I mean, I would not, Number one, I, I think we another thing I've done sort of between 40 and 46 is I've sort of cleared the cupboards out. You know, I've I've got rid of drains in my life and I've kept radiators. OK, so we all know the analogy. We, sh- we, we, we have people around us that we collect over our lives. And as, because mostly us women don't want to hurt people's feelings and we would rather put up with something than cause drama. Um, so one of the things I did is I, I cleared out my drains in my life. Very, very painful exercise, but necessary if I was going to then live in gratitude and happiness and, and build and surround myself with radiators. So once you do that, I think you have to do that not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life as well. If you're working for an absolute what's it, um, you know, potentially you need to stop and you need to move jobs. Or if you um, maybe even married to one, I don't know. But ultimately there gets this stage, this stage, this, this very powerful stage that we've been talking about, this midlife point mm. that I think that we owe it to ourselves. If we're going to start again, if we're going to give ourselves that chance with those extra 14,000 days to live, let's not allow anyone to drain anything away. Once you've done that, then I would say the people then you ask, you should be mm. able to trust for help now I think that's a really important one the second one is to manage your expectations if we all think you know sometimes we all get so caught up don't we about what people think of each other Mm. but the point is everyone thinks about themselves 95% of the day so actually anyone overthinks about someone else for 5% of the day let's say so actually if you think about you're going to go and ask someone for help Think about how much actual time that they have, that they perceive that they have to help you. Mm. And what I would then say is, have you, so let's say you wanted to start a business or you had a passion or you, you, all those sorts of things. Have you listened to every single podcast that you can about your specialist subject? Have you read every single book? Have you Googled and YouTubed everything about your area? Because Nowadays, the amount of information that we have is far more than any mentor could give you, right? You could, you you know, you've got a podcast, I've got a podcast called Conversation of Inspiration, 180 interviews of entrepreneurs. If you listen to 180 hours of all of their wisdom, 
I mean, you basically could go and do your, you know, uh, a, 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 law, a business degree. So I would just say that I think sometimes when we want to ask for help, what we're actually asking for is, A, can you just cut out all of that that I need to do? If we're just honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. can you just tell me the answer? Yeah, I just want the track. answer. Fast track. Can you fast track me? The problem is people, women especially, have no time. We don't have time anyway. So I would say, number one, mentor yourself. Go and get all of that information yourself because it's it's you can't build a business based on anyone else's advice. A bit like you can't raise a child with anyone else's advice. You've got to do it yourself and you've got to fall over yourself. But I would say if you want help, very specific in what you want help in ask yourself maybe say three questions but like three questions you've not been able to get anywhere else it could be um you know something that only that person knows because I bet you those people will help because you say listen I've it's five minutes I need five minutes of your time I'm gonna ask you three questions and I'm out your hair now the amount of people that will help you there and also by the way You can ask loads of people then. You don't have to just like choose one. (laughs) So those are the sort of things I would say, you know, remember people are busy and also really try and boil down what do you need their advice on? Because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be a silver bullet. They're never going to know things as well as you do and what you want to do. But they could help you um, with a supplier that only they know they can make an introduction for you. Right. Yeah. They could do all these things that are very personal to them and just keep it brief. And probably, you know, you're going to get a great success rate. That's brilliant advice. I'm stealing it immediately. (laughs) I'm texting under the table. You've got five minutes. Um, People coming to you as well. You know, think about your daily life. You know, it's very difficult to even juggle your own world, let alone Mm try and help somebody else's and I'm sure you find it the same but probably if someone wanted an introduction you probably happily make that introduction and that could be the biggest change for that person couldn't it than anything else that you would have given over an hour over a cup of coffee do you know what I one of the things I love and I feel really privileged to do and I'm absolutely sure you feel the same way is to connect people because when I came into the media And bearing in mind, I was discouraged from even entering it because I didn't know anyone and I didn't have the grades to get the right degree at university, that kind of thing. So if I now go to something and someone says they need whatever, I'm like, well, I know someone. Let me just introduce you on WhatsApp. And that's all I have to do. Hey, use the line line from Ted Lasso. You've just met an excellent person. I'll leave you to it. And then, but I feel very, that makes me feel like, uh, that makes me feel really good. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a really, powerful thing connecting women to women as well is incredibly powerful um the the power of some a woman wanting to help another woman it's it's an amazing thing because you can tell a gatekeeper and it never feels nice to be in that energy Um, I tell you what I do want to ask you about I so I listened to a lot of podcasts back in the day and one of the ones that I listened to loads was Tim Ferriss that was when I was really trying to get my head into the gear that I wanted to get it into for my own ambitions and he asks people, um, or there's a quote that comes up many, many times, which is, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I wondered what you think about that and whether you think think that there is something in it. Mm, I, I don't know. 
I spend, you know, on an average day, I'm probably speaking to 150, 200 small businesses on an average day. So uh, I would excuse say me, how? The power of social media, right. the power of my lives and things like that. Like I'm, 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 con- I am continuously talking. You know, I was talking to people at midnight last night. I was talking to people at 6 a.m. this morning. I would say absolutely. I wouldn't say the five people. For me, it's it's. I, I have created a community. It's taken twenty years to do it. Yeah. And I sit now in that community, and the community is, of course, um, uh, we're we're brought together by platforms that I've created, and Holly and Co. Now is this new platform, but we're actually family. We're actually on a mission. And we're on a shared mission. And that is an amazing thing. So I I absolutely now feel like I am uh, just immersed in thousands of people's lives. But actually, that 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 is me each day. Um, so not necessarily five, but my community. And I I I I don't think I could breathe without them now. You know, it's become almost like codependent, you know, because it's been 20, 20 years, uh, 22 years of doing this, um, where you're surrounded by lives, women, vulnerability, creativity, skill, ambition, um, you know, Beyonce-ness. Do you know what I mean? And, and actually, I just I, I don't think I could breathe without it anymore. I'm wondering what your measure is of a good day. And I'm asking this because funnily enough, last week it was Trini's book launch and I went and saw her and you know what Trini's like, it's her night. And she's like, but how are you doing, Ems? How are you? Tell me everything. And I'm like, it's your freaking night. And there's a queue of people who want to speak to you. But we were talking very briefly and we would like, and I think everyone, you know, when someone says, how's it all going? And you want to say, yeah, everything's going really, really well. But actually we were saying, actually the truth is it goes up and down, up and down. And that is the journey. And so I yes. wonder when you get to the end of like that, that's the course. I, and I think if it was super smooth all the time, that might be when I would start to worry potentially. And I wonder for you at the end of a working day, and it sounds like every working day has, uh, there are things that occur every day that are, are similar, but that every day is different. How you switch off and go, today was a good day. And if if it has been a challenge of a day, how you sort of park that and start tomorrow fresh whether you've got a yeah. tactic for that you probably get asked the same you know you get this sort of work-life balance question and all this sort of thing and I believe in this 360 it's why I don't want to call people SMEs you know like some government sort of mm. uh, piece um, uh, document it's actually good life companies I've created new language around things and actually when you get rid of your drains out of your life and that can be professionally and personally and you put your radiators in you can basically build a world where you can as much as you can possibly do this in life you can almost create a really good foundation for a good day mm. doing what you love loving what you do right drains not radiators community feeling um feeling like you're in your flow in your nemo flow um and actually basically believing that you know every day is a gift you live in gratitude all these sorts of things you can build the foundations of a day that is going to pretty much be a great day then you obviously have things that you can't expect. 
as an entrepreneur, you pretty much have to live on that sort of stuff because that is like EastEnders every day. You know, never is there a day, a moment, an hour that I have lived in the last 22 years doing this that has ever been the same. And I think you get that is that is the best. That is the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I never look at it like work life. It's 360. It just happens to be 24 hours a day in this place that I've built that I love, why I can be chatting to people at midnight and 6am. And I don't feel like anyone's competing or taking away from me because then I'll go do my non-negotiables at nine o'clock or I'll, you know, all those sorts of things. And so the end of the day for me, normally, I, I normally would say on most days, I feel um, pumped. And I've just learned about a word, actually. It's called stress, E-U stress. And it is the opposite of distress. So there's two stresses in life. Distress, which is the external world coming to you, you going into um, panic, fight, flight mode. Or there's you stress, EU stress. But I like to look at it because I'm a bit dyslexic, so I have to turn everything. I like to look at it as YOU stress, which is the stress that almost makes you get into your Nemo flow. It's the stress when you're on deadline, but you're like, I'm going to smash this. This is amazing. It's what we felt when we were building Holly & Co, working seven days a week, 15 hours a day. It's like, bring it on because this is where I'm in my, 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 my flow. So actually, I would say, again, building a world where you've got you stresses more than distresses um, is where I find myself at the end of the day, most days, because it's, it's by design in a way by design Mm. that this is the world that I have created. And that's what I want to help other women create. You know, women right now, dog walks, school runs, shopping, whatever you're doing, working, studio, whatever it is. It's like, how do you design a world where at the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, you almost pat yourself on the back and you say, good job, good job there. Does it, do, do your nerves ever get shot? Can Because look, it, I'm listening to some like phone calls at midnight, phone calls at 6am. Like I can, I can, no, I can't relate, but I'm like, that sounds really glamorously busy to me. But also it's like, well, where do you put in the rest and recuperation? And does it ever get overwhelming? Do you ever feel like you're drowning? Remember, I have my non-negotiables, yeah. which have really helped me be able to do what I'm talking about here. I'm in the happiest place of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, I I thought I was going to mess up my son. He was three months old when I took on something that was a beast of the unknown. I have worked tirelessly for that length of time. He's just gone to university. So like literally you can, it's an entire child's life. I have done this, you know, I thought I was going to mess him up. It was the opposite, mother's guilt. Um, I got married in lockdown after 20 years of being with my partner, all these sorts of things. So I am in that place where I am feeling the strongest I've ever felt. But don't get me wrong, you know, I've had to risk everything to do Holly and Co marketplace again, the, the the department store. I've risked everything. You know, I've 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 risked um, financially. Um, I've risked myself emotionally. Um, I've risked my sort of nerves of of doing this. You know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm that much older. 
uh, and that much wiser and that, you know, you understand risk differently. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not immune. I'm not sort of like um, unable to be shocked. And so I do have the dark days, um, many, many panicked moments for over the last decade to get to this point where I can tell you about what we've just launched. Um, but would I have it any other way? Would I risk another day not being here today in my 14,000 days? No way. Do you think that's why you like um, true crime? <laughs> because you relax with something that's so tense and so stressful <laughs> and life and death that when you go back to what you're doing, you're like, this is fine. Listen, at least it's not a m multiple serial killer here, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She exactly, says innocently. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that level is just the next level of, you know, stress. Maybe I've just got to that point and I'm like, well, look, at least I'm not having to solve this crime. Yeah. Or just be, so, or just be near it. I, I wonder whether there's something in that. Because I, I personally, like, I can't watch horror movies because my body can't compute. My body produces all of the terror hormones and can't compute that I'm on my sofa. And so for days afterwards, yeah. it lingers and I jump at, like, you know. Yeah, I can't do horror. Horror no. is another thing. This is, you know, but crime and thriller is just that one under horror, isn't it? Yes. It's I'll send you. Well, I'll send. It? I'll send you some like beginners beginner beginner course in this i read the birdman by mo mo Hader. i don't know if you've ever read any but that is brilliant but terrifying and i'm like mm. and there's a bbc um they've made one of her books into a series and so i think maybe i need to ease myself in there but i will take all and any recommendations please i will, I will make sure i send them to you um we've hurtled can you believe this we've actually hurtled through our time together but before i let you go i do want to ask you about receiving because you know at the top of the show i said um what it must be like to be elevated by other people's opinions of you and, yes. and especially people like me and the, the amount of people I approach on a daily basis and be like, oh my God, I think you're so great when you come on my podcast. And that's just what you start to feel when you reach a certain sort of visibility and profile. And I wonder for you what it was like. And I said 2012, but was it actually 2013 that you got the MBE? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I, there was a typo in my notes. Shame on me. Um, no, I was just thinking, God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, it's only a year difference. Yeah. <laughs> but I wondered what what that was like, because that's like profile and recognition on like the nth. I mean, that's just next level, isn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. I, it, it was one of the things I want to try and do better uh, in I want to get better at is to smell the roses, you know, because, you know, having Harry building not in the high street, um, going into total territories unknown um, from the retail space, technology space, women and business. Um, and then you get to this point and then you are rewarded this MBE. And I suppose the, the moment I was queuing and I, I was lucky enough to be um, in Windsor Castle with the Queen as well oh. and I was you stand in this sort of room next to it and um, the next to the main room and all these incredible pictures were hanging and you stand in a line you have to be very quiet and you hear the string quartet and I would say it's one of the only moments then did I think I must have done something to deserve this mm. and when I was collecting it there was little Harry 
Carrie and my husband and Carrie, my sister, who is now the founder of Polly and Co. And one of the, fir the first people at Notton High Street. And at that moment, you know, it was a moment, of course, meeting the Queen, who was literally a bit like an angel. She had this aura. But also it was a moment for me that I had to not allow time to go where I didn't realise what I was doing. I didn't realise maybe some of the impact that I'm having or the enjoyment that I'm having. Not everything I do needs to be so serious. I, I, you know, running around in my double spanks and tube dresses and heels and everything, trying to be a she-man woman thing, like businessman, but really a woman and didn't know where mm. I fit. Could I allow my creativity to come out? And I don't know. It was a very, very difficult um, period of time and discovery for myself. And so now I think about moving forward and I think I'm not going to do that again. Every single day, if I live in gratitude, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to smell the roses more. I don't need an MBE to be given to try and sort of take stock of where I'm at or impact that we're having or impact that we can have. Um, and that's why I'm just you know, so excited about what potentially as a collective of uh, great women from customers to co's we can actually do mm. and, and what change that we're going to make. And I'm, I'm just going to sort of reward myself being present uh, every single day because I don't think you can beat meeting the Queen and receiving an MBE and having that moment that I did. No, it's interesting. I was listening to something earlier this week about... Um, actors who receive Oscars and now I mean that's just a very high huge public uh sort of tribal ceremony if you like but somebody was saying that essentially it's really common for Oscar winners on the evening of their Oscar win to go home and to cry or to feel wretched and for it to actually almost prompt an existential crisis because we're not necessarily built for that kind of thing and perhaps yeah. what you realize is exactly what you're saying is that perhaps that you reach that's the destination, but you haven't really been paying attention to the journey. Couldn't have put it better myself. Couldn't be, put it better myself. And that's now I'm trying to concentrate on that journey because it's um, I'm really privileged to have the journey that I'm having. Um, so, yeah, you're that those are the words, Emma. <laughs> and to speak about the journey as well uh, I think this is a nice way on which to sort of leave it is if someone's listening to this and they're thinking I want to enjoy the journey I want to enjoy I want to live in gratitude I like what Holly's been saying what would your what's like your tip just like for someone to stop listening to this and to just immediately enter that space of gratitude definitely for every time I've gone wrong in my life, it was not listening to my internal compass. And I've had some heart-wrenching, on-the-floor, terrible, terrible stuff go on. And so really to live in true gratitude or to, to, to live to your most authentic self, and I know we, authenticity is used too often, but really when that is the point, isn't it? And it's what mm. the point of everything that I'm building and everything like that. It's to tune into the internal compass, which is that gut instinct. Are you in the right place in your life right now? Are you at the happiest place that you're in? You know, at. And if you're not, the only person that can make change is yourself. And mm. to take that responsibility and to be that courageous to promise yourself 
that you deserve more. And um, and 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 for those who who need my help, you know, I'm also there. Promise yourself that you need more. That's beautiful. There's so much in here. I'm going to, I think I'm going to listen to this back immediately and just transcribe it. I'm just going to put it through a transcription app. I say transcribe it, obviously put it through an app immediately and take out, (laughs) take out all the sexy, juicy bits and turn them into t-shirts because there's been so much in this. Holly, it's been so brilliant to chat to you. Thank you. My goodness. What a lovely moment this is. Thank you for having me honestly it could have gone on for two or three hours more there's so much that i want to ask you so please i hope that there's going to be an opportunity for you to come back i'm sure listeners would love to uh, would would send in questions and it'll be great i'd love to answer them anytime anytime i think you're amazing honestly so Um, i will we'll put the links to you to everything that we've discussed and of course to holly and co the marketplace uh in the show notes and i will be shouting far and wide about it Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.